We know Georgia politics from Peachtree Street to Pennsylvania Avenue. Politically Georgia podcast delivers exclusive news and analysis five days a week by a team of veteran political insiders watching your public officials. Hosted by the Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Greg Bluestein, Bill Nygut, Tia Mitchell, and Patricia Murphy. Listen weekdays at 10 a.m. on WABE 90.1. Stream everywhere or at AJC.com forward slash podcasts. News and analysis five days a week from Politically Georgia podcast. Ah, come on. Feeling like you might freak out? Try Guaranteed Ride Home from Commuter Connections. If you ride share to work, you are eligible to receive a couple of free rides home each year. Guaranteed. Why freak out about getting home in case of illness, unexpected emergencies, or unscheduled overtime? Register or renew today for free at commuterconnections.org or 800-745-RIDE. That's commuterconnections.org. Some restrictions apply. From the studios of Fox 5 in Washington, D.C., you are on the hill. Tom Fitzgerald here with you this time, and we thank you for joining us. Dr. Rob Cohen is an Army physician and veteran. Uh, He was boots on the ground with the Kurds in the Middle East, and he's here to break down the situation in the region and talk about the key players in it all, what we should focus on, and the next steps, especially in Syria with the Kurds. Uh, Rob, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me back. Last time you were here, you talked about uh, the legacy of uh, uh, Senator John McCain, and I want to begin this um, by beginning there. Um, What would John McCain say about where we are right now in, in Syria and the situation where we have pulled out U.S. forces, but at the same time taken out one of the most, if not the most, dangerous terror, terrorist in the world, Abu Baghdadi. So we know what he would say because he said it. He said, presidents don't lose wars, political parties don't lose wars, nations lose wars. And in this case, presidents don't lose allies, nations lose allies, and nations bear the cost of abandoning an ally. He would be all over the screen talking about the consequences of pulling the moral ugliness of abandoning the troops, the Kurds, who sacrificed 10,000 of their own fighters to defeat an enemy who terrified us. But he would also be reminding us that this is the same mistake that President Obama made twice in Libya and in Iraq, pulling troops out way before we were ready. What is your viewpoint of why the administration is is doing this? The president seems at some level um, unfascinated by the Kurds. Uh, He had said things like they weren't with us in Normandy, which scratched a lot of heads for some people. But at at a base level, the president does not seem to be engaged in the Kurdish struggle. Why why is that? Yeah, I mean, I don't think we should pretend that there's any possible good reason for this. I mean, this is a guy who doesn't pay his business partners. He doesn't he has divorced his wives. I mean, this is a guy who's loyal. We know all that. But in particular about the Kurds, though, why is it that the, that the president at, at some point do you feel is not engaged in their struggle or their strategic importance? Well, because end? he doesn't care. He doesn't he doesn't have the capacity to appreciate an ally. We know that with him, loyalty only goes one direction and he doesn't have any moral um, regret about throwing an ally under the bus. He's done it personally and In this particular case, honestly, I think his personality is such that he enjoys this kind of thing. And the fact that it benefits Vladimir Putin and Erdogan probably is not a problem for him. People would, you know, look at the situation where the United States, you know, came to the defense of the Saudi regime 
you know, uh, after the murder of a, of a, a Washington Post journalist. And the argument there was, well, Saudi Arabia is a longtime ally and has a lot of oil. Um, is that one of the factors that some of the people in the administration look at the Kurds and don't see that they have some tangible asset? Well, actually, so actually, but the, even though they do, they control large amounts of oil. Kurdistan, under the city of Kirkuk, is a mountain of oil. It's probably Iraq's second biggest oil field after what's in the south. I mean, they have a ton of oil. The president believes everybody is as ugly and vile as he is, and we're not. He looks at a moderate ally, strategic ally that is focused on long-term benefits for everyone, such as the Kurds, and he doesn't like that. He looks at autocrats like Erdogan, Putin, and Saudi Arabia, and that's who he has an affinity with. A lot of people have heard about the Kurds going back to the first Gulf War, but really in a lot of ways they remain a mystery for the American people as to who they are, what their allegiances are in some cases, where their heads are at as far as the United States. So that's kind of what I would like to get from you. Walk me through who are the Kurds? Who are these people? Yeah, I'd, I'd love to take a minute to talk about that. I mean, this this is a people that we should really feel an affinity with. So they are a distinct ethnic group. They are the largest ethnic group without a state in the world. And that's pretty big considering some of the uh, groups in Africa. And, and that's important in, in talking about this because I always say, you know, um, humanity doesn't really know boundaries sometimes. And you, when you talk about the Kurds, you also have to understand that this is a population that is spread out over a couple of countries but all in the same region. So the Kurds have their own language. It's uh, related to um, other Indo-European languages, such as English, distantly, but it is. Um, they're an ethnic group, just like uh, other ethnic groups. And we they were actually promised a state after World War One, after the Ottoman Empire disintegrated and all of the tribes that were part of it were, were supposed to get their own state. Many of them became their own states, like Jordan and um, Saudi Arabia and Yemen and Oman. But uh, the Kurds were promised a state, and then the British pulled the rug out from under them 100 years ago because they wanted a uh, pathway to their prized colony of India. So is a good way to look at this as being that the Kurds are a nation. Absolutely. But they do not have a functioning state or a government with borders. They are a nation. And by the way, I have zero... um, Nobody's donating this to me. I mm-hmm. feel very passionately about this. This is a American ally that just defeated our enemy, ISIS. They are the only group who could legitimately be a long-term values-based partner, which is what endures after transactions go away. They are a moderate Muslim ally. They are, we are, we are so lucky that they are there. They're the reason we took out Baghdadi and the reason we took out ISIS and we cannot abandon them. You mentioned moderate Muslim ally. And I think that that's also important to have a discussion about because most people have a very, um, black and white views of the, the Middle East. Um, Discuss the nature of Islam with the Kurds and how that does align maybe with a lot of the U.S. values. That yeah, so, so the, the, the really terrifying version of Islam that we're all seeing is really an artifact of Saudi Arabia having a ton of money. So up and you know, if you look at pictures of Afghanistan and Pakistan in the 60s, it was pretty moderate. People were not wearing the burqa. They were they were moderate. The problem is um, Saudi Arabia has a particularly theocratic and I'll just say uh, extreme version of Islam. And because they have a lot of money in 1979, this is a well-known event. The religious extremists in, in Saudi Arabia made a deal with the royal uh, 
governing the, the the king and they basically said to the king you can keep your money if you let if you give us the freedom to export our ideology across the muslim world and that has only been happening over the last couple generations and islam in many cases does not have this long history of tolerance during the ottoman empire and actually in the 14 1500s um, the muslim world was much more tolerant than christian europe Tomorrow, uh, as we record, this is the 40th anniversary of the United States Embassy in Tehran being taken over by the uh, Islamic Revolutionary Guard. Um, if Saudi Arabia exported that ideology to places, you know, with the help of the Ayatollah Khomeini, who at that time was exiled in Paris and um, other uh, countries, why did that? Why did their interest escape the Kurds? Oh, they probably tried with the Kurds. I mean, the, the Kurds didn't have a nation. They, they were, they, uh, they, I mean, honestly, that's a great question that I don't know the answer to. Yeah. Um, uh, I suspect that Saudi Arabia focused on nation states and the Kurds kind of stayed out. And also the Kurds having to fight for their own land. They, they know, they, they say the only Kurds friends, the only friends the Kurds have are the mountains and they, they're a little distrustful of everyone. And potentially um, they're, History may have some moderate strain to it that we, again, could benefit from if we didn't abandon them to Turkey's slaughtering. Are you still in touch with individuals in regards to the U.S. military, DOD? What, what are they telling you? Yeah, so, um, yes, every soldier that I have talked to, I'm no longer active duty Army, but, I mean, we're all upset. Anyone who has not become taken over by the cult of this president we know that these are allies who we bled with. I didn't, but other soldiers did, and in some cases died. And the abandoning of an ally is so much bigger than politics. And when you do this, it also makes the, the mission for our future troops harder. Remember, we lost almost no soldiers taking Iraq and Syria back from ISIS because the Kurds did all of the fighting, and our special forces just had to go in and help. It's literally the best case scenario that we could have. And to abandon this, it is going to be so much harder for our troops in the future, anything they have to do. Ugh, not again. Feeling like you might freak out? Try Guaranteed Ride Home from Commuter Connections. If you ride share to work, you're eligible for a couple of free rides home each year, guaranteed. Why freak out about getting home in case of illness, unexpected emergencies, or unscheduled overtime? Register or renew today for free at commuterconnections.org or 800-745-RIDE. That's commuterconnections.org. Some restrictions apply. What we saw was when Turkey moved into that region of Syria, uh, it was violent, it was bloody, uh, it was hard to watch, um, but it has to be watched. What is Turkey's ambition in that region, and why are the Turks um, apparently targeting the Kurds in that part of the region? Yeah, so I think, I mean, we should remember this history probably goes back all the way to the Ottoman Empire when the Ottomans, um, you know, the Turks came in from Central Asia, sacked Istanbul in 1453, and then um, tried to dominate the greater region all the way to Baghdad and down through the Arabian Peninsula. So they, they want to dominate this region. Erdogan certainly has... Um, uh, ambitions to do so and he hates the Kurds frankly I mean so they're there the Kurds again were promised a state they are 20% of Turkey's population all in the southeast on the border with Iraq and Syria and they want their own state and he views that as a threat in my opinion somewhat irrationally because a good friendly neighbor you can trade with is a lot better and of course he has they've committed atrocities against the Kurds there are horrible uh, videos of them being shot and 
in some cases uh, beheaded or thrown off of a cliff. And so the, the Kurds have fought back. And over the last century, there's been a lot of violence back and forth. And at this point, Erdogan hates the Kurds. And it's nothing more complicated than that. What do you make of the fact that Abu Baghdadi was found and killed in Syria? Again, this is a... We, we got him in part because of Kurdish intelligence sources, apparently that were reportedly an informant in his inner circle. We got him in spite of the president's decision to abandon the Kurds, not because of it. It's another reason that we need to respect all the allies we have on the ground, because remember, this costs a lot of American blood and treasure, and these problems do not go away. We, you know, we, we abandoned Iraq in 2011. took three years before those guys in black... Uh, masks were beheading American journalists, right? Same thing in Libya. We got Gaddafi. Everybody celebrated. It took a year for that place to become a haven for Islamic State in the Maghreb. And this is going to happen again, and the Kurds are unlikely to trust us again unless Congress st- pushes back right now. The American people can push back against this president. He is not a king who is allowed to throw allies in the grinder without Congress saying something about it and doing something about it. I know your area of expertise is military affairs and defense industries, but there's a political element to this as well, too. And in order to make that argument, um, it, it does help at times if there is an individual or someone who can speak um, on behalf of the Kurds. Who is that? Mm, that's a who great. Who can fill that role, who can speak out in some way on behalf of the Kurds. They don't have a functioning government. They don't have borders. They don't have a... Do they have a leader? So, uh, not entirely, but in Iraqi Kurdistan, which is a more or less self-governing region and stable, the city of Erbil is the second longest continuously inhabited city on earth after Damascus. It's a stable, wonderful historical place with a citadel that's thousands of years old. And they have a governor of Iraqi Kurdistan, which is, which is the most likely place that can be a sanctuary for all these other Kurds that just got um, thrown into the grinder. That's a place their governor could be a de facto leader and a place that we can, again, Congress can appropriate money for military aid for the Kurds and for both humanitarian aid for the refugees and development assistance for the Iraqi region of Kurdistan and show, do two things. One, help do the morally right thing, but secondly, help stabilize a moderate Muslim ally in northern Iraq that we can then ally with in the future once this president is gone. The White House is kind of indicated that when they pulled these troops out that it was a small force what what are we talking about what was the u.s footprint there before this move was made yeah uh well they're special operators so this may not be uh, too publicly known but mm-hmm. it was not a hundred thousand boots on the ground yeah. um uh like we had i believe at the peak of the iraq war it was a you know during during uh, the operation to take back from ISIS, it was, I don't want to say too much, it was a several thousand special operators all spread around, um, and it wasn't a big footprint. I believe there were six American casualties to get rid of ISIS. I mean, the, the, that is astonishing, and that doesn't happen on its own. That happens because the, the Kurds took 10,000 dead and 10,000 or 12,000 more wounded. Was there any way to um, train the Kurds to a sufficient level that they could take on some of this work themselves so we did but you know um 
yeah, but when they're surrounded by enemies, right? right? I mean, you, it's an off. That's an awful big. They don't lift. have the capabilities, right? It, I mean, the special forces. Have. The French supported us as we fought against the British, right? I mean, so you have al- allies are helpful, and and we help a lot of countries. We're helping Ukraine right now mm-hmm. against a big, powerful enemy, right, to on their border, and so that's um, a whole other show. It Ukraine. sure is, yeah. yeah. Um, where do you think this goes at this point? Does Congress step in? Do they reverse this? Well, they have so House reverse. If Congress does nothing, if all they do is talk and then move on to the next tweet, um, then the Kurds get slaughtered. That's a morally ugly decision. The world's the worst place, and we'll never have an ally for a long time, as long as you and I are going to care about in our lifetime. Congress, however, can do something. As I mentioned, they can. They can. Um, pass military aid that the president cannot unilaterally ignore, as we've learned with the Ukraine situation. They can pass development aid and they can sanction Turkey, all of which they are considering, but they've got to do it quickly. And and they, this cannot, in my opinion, in an ugly presidency, this is literally the ugliest thing. It got even Mitch McConnell's attention and Lindsey Graham's attention. If there's anything that Congress is going to push back on, it should be abandoning an American ally. It's not a Trump ally. It's an American ally, and the American people must push back. Lindsey Graham was also quoted as saying that he believes it's one of the worst mistakes of the Trump presidency, but in this political environment we are in, are you at all concerned that in this effort to kind of rally the troops as the administration faces this impeachment inquiry that Republicans may tone down some of the rhetoric on the Kurds. I'm very concerned and I believe that you know we were all concerned about what the president would do while the walls were closing in. We've now seen it. He's thrown the Kurds into the grinder and it's a distraction for him. It's just something else. And yes, if the Republicans do not, I mean, if they should pick one battle, it should be this one. This is why Lindsey Graham wanted to stay relevant. It was to protect against Putin and to protect the Kurds, to protect our allies, just like John McCain, his best friend, would have done. And they have to. And and the outcome is not predetermined. You know, sometimes the bad guys win and our allies get slaughtered. And I don't want to stand by while that happens. Dr. Rob Cohen is a former U.S. Army physician and a veteran. And he is kind enough to join us this time on the Hill. Appreciate you joining us. Thanks for bringing this up again. Always a pleasure. We thank you for spending part of your day with us. From the studios of Fox 5 in Washington, D.C., this has been On the Hill. We'll see you next time. Ven a JCPenney y termina tus compras navideñas con brillantes descuentos como hasta 70% en joyería después del cupón. Además tenemos velas, mantas suavecitas y más desde $7.99 y miles de doorbusters en marcas como Adidas, Champion, Disney y Carters. Recoge tu pedido el mismo día. Es rápido y gratis. Estará listo en dos horas o menos hasta las 3 p.m. en Nochebuena. JCPenney, celebraciones que valen la pena. Ofertas válidas hasta el 24 de diciembre en selección de estilos. Aplican exclusiones. Doorbusters excluyen de los cupones. Detalles en la tienda jcp.com.